We're going to uh, keep in this series on gifts of the Spirit um, because there's things that God wants to accomplish and there's things that God wants to accomplish here in this church. Um, we actually had, uh, let me tell you why we end up changing uh, Wednesday to the title of it, titling it Wednesday Night Deep Dives. Uh, it was actually one of our young adults that's here that came to uh, me and said, what do you think if we would call Wednesday nights, Wednesday night deep dives? He said, because you're all are taking things and going deeper. So I, I brought uh, Ted into my office. I said, hey, come over here. And uh, so that actually happened from listening to the heart of one of our young adults in the place. Uh, that's actually their title. Um, I won't tell you which one because I'm not going to embarrass them. But that's where we're going. And so I wanted to continue that. And this is why I'm doing Gifts of the Spirit on uh, Sunday mornings. I want the church to understand where we are, who we are, uh, what we are, and, uh, uh, and to know that the gifts of the Spirit aren't just for pastors and, and, and prophets and apostles and all these guys. It's for you. You are supposed to be operating in the gift of the Spirit, not just the ones who stand up in front of the church or elders or whatever you want to call people. You're supposed to be operating gifts of the Spirit because, folks, please understand this. The majority of ministry that happens does not happen in here on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. The majority of ministry happens outside these doors because of you. It's because you're out there ministering. You are ministers of the gospel. You are supposed to be ministering the gospel. Uh, everybody says, well, I'm a minister. And they think, well, he's a pastor. No, you're a minister. We're all ministers. Now, some of us have different uh, places that we do our ministry. Mine happens to be right here. So we want to look at gifts, continue looking at gifts of the Spirit. So let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You'll, you'll get tired of these verses. You'll know them over the next few weeks. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or unlearned. He wants you to understand spiritual gifts. That's still God's desire. Jump to verse 4. There are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are various operations, but it's the same God who operates all of them in all people. So where does the Holy Spirit operate his gifts? In all people. That's you. That's me. Not just me, you and me. Verse uh, 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the common good. If you look at King James, I believe it says for the profit of all. So he wants everyone to operate in the gifts of the Spirit so that we can help each other. Come on. This thing is never about us. It's never about just me, Galen. It's never about just me and what I want and what I want to get out of this. It's always about how we can help the greater body and the world at large. So he says, but the manifestations of the Spirit are given to each one to profit with all or help the common good. To one is given the Spirit by the word of wisdom. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. 
to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But, verse 11, but all of these and, but, but that one, and very same Spirit works all of these, dividing to each individually as he wills. So each gift comes to each person as he wills. See, this is where we see a lot of people say, well, I'm going to operate in the gift of this, or I've got the gift of that, or I've got the gift of that. Well, guess what? You've got all of them. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And because he lives inside of you, he brought his gifts with him. What we've tried to do is just put on certain people. They got the gift of this. Now, God may use you more in one area than he does another, but you're, you never know what situation you're going to find yourself in. So it's best that you understand now that if you'll just stay open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you, you need to operate in what's the best gift? The one needed at the time. Sometimes you, you, you may need to operate in a word of wisdom. You may need to operate, operate in a word of knowledge. You may need to operate in prophecy. You may need to operate in tongues. You may need to operate in interpretation of tongues, in working of miracles, in gifts of healings. But if you're stuck on one thing that you can only do one thing, then you're useless in some situations. Sheila, I don't want to be useless. So I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you live on the inside of me. You brought your gifts with me, and I am open for you to use me any way that you want. You know, the funny thing is, is a lot of people operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and they don't even know they're doing it. <laughs> Why? Just because Holy Spirit will naturally work through you. But imagine how much more powerful we would be if we were cognizant of the fact that he's in there and we're actively saying, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? How do you want to work in this situation? How do you want me to touch this person? How do you want me to minister to this person? What do we see? But we don't. We just kind of through life and, and forget the fact that we are called of God. So let's break them down again. We, we studied these first three the first three weeks. First is revelation gifts. These are gifts that reveal something. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. You're discerning spirits. You're not discerning people. You're not discerning attitudes. But that's what most of the church wants to turn it into. I'm going to discern whether D's straight or not. No, that's not even the gift. You're discerning spirits. She's, she's abnormal, let me tell you. You don't have to. So we started last week on, um, on the power gifts, and this is what a lot of people pay attention to most. And we covered the gift of faith and working of miracles last week. Well, this week we are going to start with gifts of healings. Um, and that, that's, it's funny that we're talking about healing being in the place today. And that's our message, is gifts of healings. And then finally you have the vocal gifts, and um, 
We have prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. When I get to those last two, expect a longer version of those because we're also going to go into tongues in your personal life and the baptism of the Spirit too. I, surely I've got somebody who uh, believes in this with me, right? <laughs> it's like, mm. that's our problem, Pastor Dave, is we've been afraid to talk about these things because we say, well, that's going to freak some people out. Not if they understand what the Word says. Right? If you understand what the Word says, there's nothing freaky. There's nothing scary. You'll see that it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a tool that Holy Spirit puts in you to, for you to operate. So today, let's go and let's look at gifts of healings. Um, I would tell you I'm not going to hold you a long time today, but, you know, whatever. I'll never promise you that. So we want to be sure here that we look at the first part of that word, that this is a gift of the Spirit. Jesus talked about healing when the woman came to her talking about wanting her daughter healed. He said healing was the children's bread. It's something that belongs to his children. And, it, it, and it, so this is a gift of the Spirit. And I want you to notice what it says there. It is a gifts. Now some of the older writings said that gifts and healings should both be plural. So it's gifts of healings. And, and, and if you don't catch that, you'll, you'll miss why uh, that's important. And, and so as a gift of the Spirit, we got to understand this can't be just worked up. Now the Word says they lay hands on the sick and they recover, right? Mark chapter 16 says, In my name, they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, if they take up any dead thing, if they drink any dead thing, it shall not harm them. Uh, they'll take up service. It says, If they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So this is one of the ones that everyone can operate in by just simple faith. This is anybody. The Word says you lay hands on the sick and they recover. This is, that's why there's multiple gifts. It's a, it's a, it's a plural thing. Now I want to say some things today, but let me disclaimer first. Because we're talking about gifts of healings, does not mean that we are telling you to stop taking medicine, stop going to your doctor, uh, to throw it all out. Now, if Holy Spirit talks to you and, and deals with you to do some of these things, fine, great. But we're, we're, we're not telling you to stop these things. And, so, and you say, well, why did you tell us that? Because I want you to know this. Gifts of healings is not a person being healed by the treatment of their physician. That's not a gift. These are spiritual gifts. So the gifts of healing is not a person being healed by medical, being healed by science. The, the gifts of healing is a gift of the Spirit of Him operating supernaturally to touch the body and to heal sicknesses and disease. If it was left up to just science and medication, then it wouldn't be a gift of the Spirit because how many of you know there's a whole lot of doctors that don't even believe in God? Amen. It's not the ability to go to med school. And learn medicine. 
Because you don't have to be a believer for that. Gifts of healing is... <laughs> when somebody recovers due to medical treatment, and thank God for medical treatment. Thank God for doctors. When I, before I go to a doctor, I pray for my doctor. Give him wisdom. When we pray for healing for somebody, and I know they're going to the doctor, and you all have heard me pray this multiple times on our phone calls, what do I say? Give them the right doctor. Give them the right nurse. God can work in all these situations, but we want to allow him to work in all these situations. Remember, they are practicing medicine. He is the great physician. They're practicing medicine. That's why it's called practice. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Steve. <laughs> they're practicing he is the great physician so when, when, they're, when they're healed by that and let me tell you you take somebody like um, Dr. Ben Carson and some of the things that he did in his life if you don't know who that is look him up he, he, what was the name of his book what gifted hands read it it's inspiring it's awesome uh Dr. Ben Carson, Gifted Hands, great book. But God actually showed him things, and he's a believer. God showed him things in dreams of how to do procedures that had never been done before. But that's from a believer. But when we're talking about gifts of healings, we're talking about when God supernaturally touches the body. And like I said, thank God. Thank God Matt had the right doctors. Matt had the right people, but Matt also knew where I was all working out. He, 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 and that's why he testified that today. So most of what we see in the New Testament, folks, is gifts of healings. So what is the gifts of healings? The gifts of healings is, a, is, is the act by which the body is healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The act of, in which the body is healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, we go back to what Jesus said in Mark 16. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings. And like I said, it actually, Vine's dictionary says healings should be plural, plural as well. Pluralized is what I wanted to say. <laughs> Now, why would it say gifts of healings? Why would those be plural? Well, I believe that it's, it's plural because there's multiple types of sicknesses. And there's multiple types of ways that we can minister to those sicknesses. Just because we lay hands on you one way one time doesn't mean we're going to lay hands on you that way all the time. Jesus himself didn't even follow a set of rules when it came to healing folks. He did it in different ways, and that's what we're going to look at. Let me tell you, this is how easy this is. There are multiple sicknesses, and there will be multiple ways that you can administer healing to those people. You won't always do it the same. The most common way is they lay hands on the sick and they recover. But what if God asks you to do something weird? Gifts means multiple, M. Multiple. And some of it, it might just be weird. Jesus himself. Folks, let me tell you, 
for the longest time, God would use me, and, 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 and I find this funny, so please don't laugh with me, because I'll take it that you're laughing at me. <laughs> for the longest time, God would use me to lay hands on people to gain weight. Don't laugh. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> he would. I don't know how many people would come up and, and, and say, I, I, I just can't gain weight. We had one friend, and I won't mention him because you guys know and he came up to me one time and said, I just can't gain weight. I'm drinking all this protein stuff. I'm eating all this other stuff. I just can't gain weight. Laid hands on him. He gained eight pounds overnight. He got up and said, you're not going to believe this. Well, well, why wouldn't we? We ask that God would touch and heal that part of your body. And so for years, he would use me to lay hands on people to gain weight. I want to find that person that's laying hands on people to lose weight. <laughs> I'll take some of that. And you know what God says? Control yourself, big boy. So I want to look at, you won't always minister the same way. And the very best example of this is Jesus himself. Go to Luke chapter 4. Gifts of healings is simply different ways that we can admin, be used by the Holy Spirit to administer healing to someone. Different ways. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says, the Spirit of, this, Jesus, Jesus, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty all who are oppressed. Now, I'm going to cover some things Wednesday night. But when all this actually began in Jesus' life was at baptism. Jesus shows up to John. John looks at him and says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's baptized, and I can show you through Scripture, and I, I might do that in the weeks to come, that at that point's when Jesus took on our sin. At that point is when Jesus took on sin. He nailed it to the cross. On the cross, he actually became that sin and nailed it to the cross. But he started carrying it at baptism, you can go back in Leviticus and walk it all the way through. Now, why is that important? Why are you telling me that? Because at that point, Jesus began to operate with everything in himself that would hold a normal human being back. He began to operate completely as man and completely as God. Well, Holy Spirit now lives in you. Come on. You have been enfolded and engrafted and wrapped up and folded up and twisted up and just put in there real good where you are now in God. You are 100% in God, and God is 100% in you. Jesus simply was walking out the ministry that he was going to stand on the side of a mountain and said, the works that I do, you will do also. 
And Jesus never operated the same way. He got a little strange. <laughs> but he ministered as a man full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus comes up out of baptism. The Holy Spirit comes down. We hear the words that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the word says that immediately he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Well, if you go back in Leviticus and look, might as well just drop it now. If you go back in Leviticus, look, anybody here know, know the, uh, what he talked about in the Old Testament when they had the, the, two, the, two, the two sacrifices? One was sacrificed to God and the other was called a scapegoat. What happened to that scapegoat? The blood was poured on. He was baptized. And then that scapegoat was led out into the wilderness carrying the sins of the people on him. See, this is how we know Jesus took our sins of baptism. He walked out exactly what happened in Leviticus. He came up baptized and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness carrying man's sins into the wilderness with him. So he began a ministry right then operating as a man. 100% God, I'm not taking away his deity, but 100% man mm. to show man how man should operate, to show man who he really was, to show man what God had chosen for man to be from the founder. I'm telling you, if this is intriguing you, you don't want to miss Wednesday. Okay. So Jesus began to operate. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. That old covenant, Pastor Glenn, in Leviticus is exactly what was played out at Jesus' baptism. Everybody good? We'll throw a little deep stuff on you every now and then. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? So what was he anointed with? The Holy Spirit. He said, tell you in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And there appeared over them cloven tongues of fire, and they all began to speak. They were the baptism. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and what? Healing how many? So if Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren, he calls us his brethren, so what should we be doing? Baptized with the Holy, anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, going about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That means healing, that means sickness is an oppression. And healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end. So guess what you and I should be doing? Anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, going about doing good and healing all. Well, I don't know if I can do that, but the Holy Spirit lives in you. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, gifts of healings live in you. And we should operate. Man, if we just had faith in the work 
of the Holy Spirit, if we had faith in the work that God has done in us, I wonder what this world would actually look like, Linda. (laughs) Are you good? And healing all. Mark chapter 1. Gifts of healings. Now we're going to look at, and and let me tell you, I promise it's not sacrilegious. Everybody say it's not. When I say Jesus was a little weird. (laughs) That's why he got their attention. He didn't look like their normal priest. He didn't act like their normal prophets. He didn't act like all these other religious leaders. There was something about him that caused thousands upon thousands in his day and millions upon millions since then to follow him. Mark chapter 1 verse 30. Simon's mother-in-law is healed when Jesus takes her by the hand and raises her up. They said she's got a fever, she's sick, so they all go back to, to Simon Peter's house, and, and then she says she's laying there, she's got a fever. He reaches down, and this time all he does is take her by the hand, and he picks her up, and she is healed as she raises up from the bed. No fanfare, no big show, just here, come on baby, let me help you up. And then she gets healed on the way up, and the Word says that she begins to minister to all of them. And then he goes on from there and heals so many more in Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And you can look at these. I'm not going to read them. In Mark chapter 1, verse 40, there's a leper that comes to Jesus. He says, if you will, you can heal me. He says, if you're willing. He didn't question Jesus' ability He questioned his willingness. Are you with me? Some of us question his ability. Others question his willingness. Well, how do you know I question God's willingness? Because we pray that way. Lord, if it's your will. And the problem is we don't get healed because we don't know the will of God. Try that over here. The problem is we don't get healed a lot because we don't know the will of God. What was Jesus' answer there? If you're looking at it, he said, I will. And he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. His answer will always be, I will. Well, why do we have sickness? Why do we have this? It's not his fault. Because he doesn't change. He still says, I will. Mark chapter 3. Man comes to Jesus and he's got a withered hand. All shriveled up. What's Jesus do? He tells him, he says, stretch forth your hand. Here he didn't pick somebody up. Here he didn't declare, he didn't lay hands. See, you got to understand, gifts of healings mean God, you be open to how God wants you to minister to someone. And it may be strange. Well, none of this is strange so far. So in in Mark 3 here, we see that Jesus tells him, he says, stretch forth your hand. And when he reached his hand forth, sometimes the healing is going to depend upon the obedience of the one wanting, the obedience of the one wanting healed. I don't want to stretch forth my hand. 
I can't stretch forth my hand. He didn't ask you if you could. He just told him to do it. And a lot of times we see people who aren't healed, and it's really because God's given them a specific direction, and they won't do it. Come on. What if this man would have looked at Jesus and said, I don't want to stretch forth my hand. I can't stretch forth my hand. My hand won't know. You know what his hand would have done, Bob? Nothing. It would have stayed right there. But when we're talking about gifts of healings. So we've already seen one time he, he raises somebody up. Another time he tells him, I will. Another time he just tells him, stretch your hand out. Uh, Luke chapter 5. And I, like I said, I'm not going to read these. We're just going to talk about them. We'll get to reading in a minute. Luke chapter 5. Here's a man. He had been sick. Jesus was in his house. Scripture reads it. It's a, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. You need to learn to read Scripture real good. Jesus had a house. He had a headquarters. In this Scripture, if you read the first part of this, you'll find out Jesus was in his house. And people had pressed all in his house. They were all in his yard. There was nowhere he could go. And all of a sudden, Jesus is standing in front of his living room. And he's teaching, and dust starts falling from the ground. He looks up, and here's these dudes cutting a hole in his roof. And they're dropping this guy down. They couldn't get through the yard. They couldn't get through the house. So they climbed to the top of the house, cut a hole in his roof, and begin to... Can you imagine being the friend in the bed? One, you couldn't walk anyhow, so you couldn't get away from him. They said, buddy, just sit still. We'll get you there. What are you doing? We're going to drop you down through the top of this dude's house. He didn't have faith in God. He had faith in his friends because he's like, oh, dude. How do you know he didn't have faith in God? Because when he's laying there, the word says that Jesus looked up and saw their faith. Guess the healing will cause you to bring healing to someone sometimes when they have don't have faith on their own. They're getting healed on the faith you've got. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jesus looked up and saw their faith, and he looks at the man and says, your sins be forgiven. Well, who are you to forgive sins? Okay, is it easier that I say forgive your sins, or is it easier that I tell him to take up your bed and walk? But so you'll believe, hardheads. Son, take up your bed and walk. Rolled his mat up, took the ropes off, and went on about his way. Gets the healings will cause, especially these, these, I honestly believe these kids were operating in a gift of faith. And I, I say kids, I've always, I've said this for so many years, because only a teenager would think to cut a hole in somebody's roof. <laughs> I don't know if he was or not, it doesn't say. Mark chapter 7. They bring a man to Jesus. He's deaf and mute. Now, we're seeing different gifts. He didn't minister the same way all the time. Now, here's weird. They bring a man to Jesus, and he's deaf and he's mute. So what's Jesus do? 
I'm going to demonstrate on Ted. I'm really not. <laughs> Jesus walks up to him and he sticks his fingers in his ear and he spits on his tongue. Well, now, wait a minute, that's just weird. Gifts of healing is whatever is needed at the time. Come on with me. Listen, I had a guy come to me, I just out of the blue one day, showed up in a church I was pastoring. And we had a time at the end of service to lay hands on folks. He come walking up, he was about as far from me as Rocky is there. And about the time he got to where Larry's at, Holy Spirit said, punch him right in the gut. Uh, now, wait a minute, Holy Spirit. He said, nope, when he gets to you, you punch him. I'm like, you know, like a little, he said, no, you punch him. Oh, all right. He gets up to me. Poof. The Holy Spirit hit him and knocked him about 10 feet back. I didn't know he had been struggling with an intestinal problem for months and no doctor had been able to get rid of it. Nothing had worked, no medicine had worked, nothing had come close. But after that night, he never had another intestinal problem a day in his life. He's still living, but a, a, a day after that. Now, I won't tell you that I will always hit you. But that day, that day, See, gifts of healings will look different. It can never look the same. You see, this is why we always thought it was strange when we saw people like Benny Hinn. We thought it was strange when we would look at people like Todd Bentley. And we would look at these men and women of God and think, what in the world is this craziness they're doing? But yet they're having miracles happen. They're having things happen. Why? Because gifts of healings won't always look alike. It won't always be the same. Jesus stuck his fingers in this guy's ears and he spit on his tongue. Well, why didn't he just bend down and pick him up like he did Simon Peter's mom? Because that's not the way the Holy Spirit was moving. Gifts of healings will cause you to operate in how the Holy Spirit is moving at that time. Be open to listen. Luckily, the guy that I punched, I knew. Me and him were friends. I didn't know he was having this problem. Uh, so, you know, I didn't get sued or nothing like that. But. So here you see Jesus. He puts his fingers in this guy's ears, and he spits on his tongue, and he says, be open. And the guy, all of a sudden, can hear and speak. Why didn't he raise him by the hand? Because the best gift is the one needed at the time. And at the time, Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit, plugged his ears, spit on his tongue. I know what you're thinking. I don't want to get this close to Jesus now. <laughs> but it's good, I promise. Luke chapter 17. In Luke 17, we see the lepers come running to Jesus. They fall down at his feet. They're crying out, unclean, unclean. Heal us, heal us, Lord, heal us, Lord. He says, go show yourself to the priest. Well, why didn't he spit on these guys? Because that wasn't the way the Holy Spirit was moving. Remember, it's gifts. There's multiple. God wants to use you in multiple ways. 
He said, go show yourself to the priest. Well, they had to go show themselves to the priest because that's how they were declared whole. And the word says that as they went on their way, they looked down and saw that they were healed. Well, one of these lepers came back. And he fell at Jesus' feet and began to worship him. You know what the difference is? All of them were healed. He was made whole. That means there was no spot, trace, or evidence left. God wants to use you to where you're not just seeing people healed, but to where there's no spot, trace, or evidence of what was affecting them left in their bodies. He came back and was made whole, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began to worship him and began to give him thanks. And Jesus says, weren't there nine? I mean, weren't there ten? Where's the other nine? He said, I don't know, but I'm here. John chapter 9. These are gifts of healing. This is what operates in you right now. I don't have to lay hands on you for this. Come on. I don't have to call our fantastic elder team up here to lay hands on you for this. Holy Spirit lives in you. You have this available now. Just listen. What if he tells me to spit on somebody's tongue? You better hope you know them. <laughs> in, in John chapter 9, here was a man born blind. What does Jesus do? I told you, he's weird. He spits on the ground and makes mud out of the spit. He walks over to the guy and he wipes it on his face. And when he washes it off, he commands him to wash it off. And as he washes it off, he is healed. Jesus didn't do the same thing all the time. He was listened and led by the Holy Spirit. How do I minister to this person during this time? Operating in his 100% manhood to show all of us 100% men and women how to operate being 100% wrapped in God. My goodness, folks. See how this stuff is fun. It's not scary. It's not weird. But how does he want you to lay hands on people? How does he want you to pray for him? Listen, I've, I've smacked people. But I don't, anybody in here ever been smacked by me if I've laid hands on you? Because he didn't tell me to. But if he does... But we have to be open. Folks, I'm telling you, God's moving. Matt already testified. Is it okay? How many of you know we've been praying for Kylie's dad? Some of you, have, we've mentioned Kylie's dad who's had cancer, right? Is that what it is? Uh, is it okay if I share all this? Okay. Um, she was telling me today, she'd come back here and met me at the end of service. He had gotten to the point where he had lost all use of his left or right side, of his right side. Obviously, I don't know my left and right. Um, he had lost use of his right side. He had gone to Missouri, Mississippi, and visited a preacher friend there. Now, he has complete use of his right side. Come on. If this was somebody in your family, you'd be rejoicing. He was able to go out and get on his motorcycle and start it up 
just to feel it rumble underneath him. Let me tell you, God is in the healing business. God just wants the people who will say, God, we're here. We want to be what you want us to be. We want to walk what you call us to walk in. We want to do what you call us to do. And let us get past ourselves enough to have faith in what you have already done in us. Hmm. We didn't even lay hands on him. We just agreed with the other people who's been praying with him. Woo. See, each time Jesus ministered to somebody and they were healed, Jody, he did it different. Let's not get in the thing of where we just lay hands on. One way, but not the only way, don't know where that's from. I remember Brother Hagin saying that to us all the time. One way, but not the only way that God heals is by laying on of hands. Sometimes it's only a word. Sometimes it's mud in the eyes. Sometimes, you see, we, it's gifts. There's all these different gifts of healings. Because there's all these different sicknesses and there's all these different ways to minister to people. Now, let's look real quick. Are you okay? All right. Let's look at gifts of healings versus receiving by faith. A person can receive healing by faith with or without a gift of the Spirit being in operation. A person can receive healing by faith with or without a gift of healings in operation. God says all things are possible to him that believes. Okay? So faith opens up the opportunity for God to move in every area of your life. Go to Mark chapter 11. Um, I don't think 22 is on there. It might be. But Mark chapter 11 in verse 22, he says, Verily I say unto you, have faith in God. Now, you all have been around long enough to know that word have faith in God was actually translated wrong. That actually just said, have the faith of God. Because that's what's in you. For God has given to every man the measure of faith. So he says, verily I say unto you, have the faith of God. For whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says, See, you've got to have faith in the things you say. That's what's wrong with us now anyhow. We have too much faith in some of the things we say, and some of us say some very negative things. Oh. Some of us say some pretty bad things about our own life. And we put faith in that. Folks, let me tell you. You were created as a speaking spirit. You were created to operate like God. God created everything except mankind by the word of his mouth. Creation is in your tongue. Proverbs tells us that life and death resides in the power of the tongue. So whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thy mood, be thy cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. See, you can have doubt in your head. But when it gets in your heart, it becomes a stumbling block to what you're believing. Everybody has doubt in their head sometimes. It, it just flashes in there. Like, no, get out. He says, whosoever shall say, what do you have to do? Speak. 
Say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe the words that are coming out of your Believe the things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. No gifts of the Spirit in operation here. It's you having no doubt in your heart, believing the words that come out of your mouth. Come on. Well, this sounds like this. You can say whatever it sounds like or not. This Scripture. We're Bible believers, right? And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that ye receive them and you'll have them. Believe they're coming to you and they come. One translation says, believe you have received. As in you believe it's yours already. Anybody remember the story of the bikini at the foot of the bed I've told you about? Guy calls the preacher up, said, a woman calls the preacher up, said, I'm worried about my son. Why? He sleeps every night with a bikini at the end of his bed. He said, oh, I know why. He said, you've got to put a vision in front of you. He said he was believing for a woman to feel that because he had heard a story of a woman who bought a wedding dress and put it at the end of her bed. And thank God that she is finding a man that would put her in that dress. She believed in her heart, no doubt in her heart, but believed the words that she said will come to pass and she had whatever she had. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. This has nothing to do with the gift of faith has nothing to do with the gifts of the Spirit. This is natural faith. This is what God has put in you right now. It's His faith. Mark chapter 9. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. So where does the re re responsibility lie here? On me. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out, with, said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus was waiting on a declaration from this father. Lord, if you could, there's a deaf and dumb spirit was on, I think it was deaf and dumb. Uh, that, the, that there was a spirit on his son. And he cried to Jesus. He says, if you can do anything. And Jesus' response is not if I can do anything. He says, if you can believe. This has nothing to do with the gifts of the spirit. Jesus was waiting on his declaration of faith back to him. Luke chapter 8. Now again, we already looked at Jesus talking about gifts of healings. There's different ways of ministering. Don't be afraid when the Holy Spirit says you need to pray with that person. Well, how do I pray? What if they think I'm weird? That's all right. Luke, what did I say? Luke chapter 8, verse 43. 
And a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. This had nothing to do with gifts of the Spirit. This is her faith. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? Jesus said, somebody touched me. Why? Because there's a difference in someone touched him by faith and everybody else wanting a show. Everybody wanted a show from him. She was determined she was going to take from him what she needed. If she had to crawl, and we know that she was crawling at this time because the word says that the hem of his garment, you all do know that wasn't his clothes, right? It was actually a prayer shawl that he was wearing, and that's the little, the little uh, tassels that hung off the end. She reached up and grabbed just one of those little tassels that a, that, a, that a Jewish priest would wear. And all of a sudden, he felt power. See, what happened? Her faith drew power out of him, whether he was there to give it to her or not. There's something, Smith Wigglesworth said this, he said, there's something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people to get to one who's believing him. Man, alive. Do you realize how much faith God has put in you? He took out his faith. Romans chapter 12, how God has given to every man the measure of faith. Every man has this measure of faith. You realize how powerful. So she comes pressing in and she reaches out and he said, who touched me? He said in verse 46, somebody touched me for I perceived power, virtue. The word is also dunamis. Same word we take dynamite from explosive power went out of me. And when, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared to him in the presence of all the people and the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. How was she healed? Not by the, 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 the active work of Jesus operating in gifts of the Spirit, but by her faith. Look what Jesus says in verse 48. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith, everybody say your faith, made you well. What made her well? Her faith. Now gifts of the Spirit, we're operating, we're laying hands on, and we're spitting on tongues, and we're making mud, and we're doing all this other stuff. We're operating in a gift to see people healed. Here, Jesus said your faith. And this is not the only time Jesus told people their faith healed them. Do you realize what God has put in you? Do you realize how powerful that you are? Man, if we would learn to turn faith on. Man. Last scripture. Acts chapter 14. I want to show you how, how strong faith is. Acts chapter 14. Verse 9. This man heard Paul speaking, and Paul observing him in, intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Paul could see this guy's faith. Just like Jesus, when he looked up through the roof 
and saw the four guys who had let this guy down. He says he saw their faith. Folks, we can develop our faith to the point where people can actually observe it. We take prophetic word, right? This is what Holy Spirit told you? Here, you say, you need to, it's not my word, it's yours, hold on. This morning as I was talking, I said that the Lord was breathing faith, exhaling faith into this room. And just now he said, Pastor Brent is exhaling God's healing power. We are inhaling it. Believe and receive what he's exhaling today. And this man heard Paul speaking, and Paul observing him intently, seeing he had faith to be healed. He said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leapt and walked. Faith can be developed to the point where it's literally visible. Your faith to the point. So let's do this. Since I already saw D just now doing it. Lay hands on yourself wherever you need it. I saw D reach up to her, her, her jaw and lay hands. Just lay hands on yourself. You might as well leave here whole. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we release your healing power. We release your anointing over pain. We release your anointing over anxiety. We release your, anoint oh. <laughs> we release your anointing over depression. We release your anointing over all of these ailments and these sicknesses. And in Jesus' name, we declare healing come now. Now in Jesus' name. And we will thank you for because we believe that the words that are coming out of our mouth are here and it's operating right now. And I thank you for words and reports that are going to come in of talking about their healing. Receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Believe that the words you say and according to your faith, Jesus said, be it done to you. Glory, glory, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Oh, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here today. Jesus, thank you for our salvation and our example of how we really are meant to live, how we were created to live. Father, thank you that you weren't willing that any should perish, that everyone sees eternal life. Thank you that the example that you always gave us was you were willing. And the healing comes in Jesus' name. And I thank you that we we'll hear reports of healing all over this room this week. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen.